This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And thank you for joining me on the Danny Mac podcast. Glad you're with me today because I am excited and it has nothing to do with baseball. It has nothing to do with the NBA draft. I promised you I slept through all of it late last week. It is Connor Bedard week here in Chicago, and I can't think of a better guest to bring you today than the Blackhawks' brand-new on-ice analyst, Darren Pang from Hawks Television. The former Hawks netminder has left St. Louis. He's coming back home. Panger, I want to get to that in just a second because so many people are so glad to have you back here. But uh, Connor Bedard, man, is there anything this soon-to-be 18-year-old can't do on the ice? Yeah, that's uh, Dan, Danny Mac. It's great to be on your show, buddy. It's uh, it's been a long time, and we both started, you know, at similar times, and and here we are in a in a big round circle. So, um, thrilled to be uh, returning, and, and and you know, I think, you know, the talks with uh, with uh, with Chicago and with myself, like returning, um, came before the number one overall pick, Danny was, uh, you know, was was secured. So to find out. You know, several a few weeks after that, that uh, boy, th- th- you know, number one overall, and 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 a really a generational player like like Connor Bedard um, is going to be there is is really something else. So it's going to be a real fun ride. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, the other thing is too, like I, you know, I know we've gone through a lot of number one overall picks, and I know there's a lot of growing pains. And boy, this kid is uh, was great last night at the NHL Awards. He was he was awesome in the final when I was at TNT. He was in the studio with uh, with Gretz and with. Uh, with uh, Henrik Lundqvist and 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 uh, and Biz, and he was funny. Showed some great personality, but man, we got a hard league, Danny Mac. I hope fans uh, have got some patience because it's as we well know, it's a it's a big boy league, it's a man's league, and and he's he's just a kid, and so uh, I'm 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 obviously cautiously optimistic. But I remember when Danny Savard was the third overall pick. We saw Johnny Taves at three, Patrick Kane at one. We've seen a lot of unbelievable players there's a reason why they're number one overall picks because they are generational players minds brains hockey sense and uh and all indications are that connor's going to be one special player you mentioned taves and uh, and kane one in three and i think it's worth pointing out darren I, the optimism among hawks fans obviously get excited if he is the player he's expected to be but people forget when those two players concluded their rookie year the Hawks still were not a playoff team they missed they finished ninth in the west that year one man does not a hockey team make and in that case even two guys took two years to get back in it's it's a great point and that's why our game is uh it's a special game it's a game about being being a team and it's funny that uh a week ago I was I was really thinking about the responsibility of of having a number one overall pick and you know what kind of players would you have? And I, I had a conversation um, 
with uh, with Kyle Davidson just about three or four days ago, just an off the record, getting to know him kind of conversation, Danny Mack. And, and the one thing I said is I, I, I'm sure as a staff, you're thinking about that responsibility and what kind of players you need to bring in, uh, players that have character and integrity and understand the league and um, and in fact, I, I, I believe I mentioned Felino. <laughs> I'm like, there, there's a UFA, there's a guy that will back up his teammates He's in the locker room. Um, you know, you, you have got to have those players. And sure enough, they pull off a trade uh, on, uh, I guess that that's on, uh, what, month, Sunday, yesterday. And, uh, um, and, and now here we are with, with Taylor Hall, a really accomplished player a mature player, a former number one overall player with all the expectations. And Felino's a UFA, but, uh, you know, he's, he's maybe part of the future going forward. So I'm, I think that's, that's a big part of it, Danny Mac, is, is getting the right guys there for a player like Connor Bedard or a player like, you know, uh, Patrick Kane when he was here or way back when in 1980 when Danny Savard was there. I mean, he was surrounded by great veteran players that could take him under his wing and make sure that he was guided through good times. A good buddy of mine, Steve Eiserman, I remember when he went fourth overall, and I remember how he was slight and small and, you know, a couple of years later, ended up being the captain. And he, But he still needed veteran players around him to make sure that, you know, that, that he was, you know, saying the right things and learning the game the right way. And it is incredibly difficult in our league. And it's even getting more so with all the parity that we have. So, uh, you know, but again, all the special players, Danny Mack, they find a way. Uh, that's what makes them the players that they are. That's why some guys like me never got drafted, and some guys are first overall. Some guys are just way more special than other guys. But you showed them. I mean, six assists during the 87-88 season. I think that still is a single-season record for Blackhawk goaltenders. Good old number 40. We'll have to call Jimmy D. Maria and ask him about that. <laughs> And then he'll loan you his toupee, and uh, you 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 can you can go, yeah. Oh, uh, Connor Bedard, the number one pick, is not all the Blackhawks are sitting with. They have the nineteenth pick in the first round via Tampa. They have the thirty-fifth pick, the third pick in round two, and then there are a couple more. I think where 45, 40, 51, 55. Is there any chance? they could package some of those picks to move up and get another very special player. Well, that's another part of the conversation and, and uh, with Kyle. And I actually asked him with having that, that many picks in the second round, it comes really, really fast for those that don't know how the draft works. I mean, the first round is you've got a lot of time. It's, it's a, it's a three hour window on the, on, on major on network television. Uh, and then you get a break and then you get to sort things out. But for three years in a row, I did NHL Network only the second through the seventh round, Danny Mac. It is like a lightning rod of activity. It just goes. I mean, you're not getting these grand speeches and Gary Bettman's not up there uh, at the podium uh, introducing. It's like bang, bang, bang. So I, I just asked Kyle, I said, you know, as a as a staff, how much more prepared are you for this one than you would have been for maybe last year, or, you know, or, or in your previous drafts? And and he said, we're we're in a way better position to be able to handle it because it's going to come quick. But I, I also mentioned there's a lot of veteran um, GMs out there that they really love to take, like a guy like Kyle is getting probably a load of calls. Hey, listen, we'll give you a, a late, you know, a late uh, first. Uh, I'd love to have two seconds. You know, we need more draft picks. We don't like what's coming up uh, in the 26th, 27th, 28th. 
How about we slide you 26, 27, 28? You slide us two seconds, and, and now you end up getting maybe three first-round draft picks. So there's a lot of fluidity that happens that you, you – you, I mean, you have to have great calmness. Um, you have to have a mindset that anything can happen. And also, Danny Mac, you know, you, you're sitting there on the number one overall pick, and then you're going to have some situations where with these phone calls that other teams are going to make. And then you're maybe not in love with your guy, like where you are at, at number at number 19. It's 19, right? Yeah, 19. And then you go, you know what? So-and-so got picked. This guy got picked. You know, we like the guy at 23. I might be able to move this pick and grab something later and take my chances. Or, as as I mentioned to, to Kyle, you might just want to leave the draft with the one you're in love with. You know, you you get your number one. Maybe the player that you really, really like you could probably get him at 30 or 31, but you don't want to take that chance. So you take him at 19, you move along, you say goodnight to the first round, and then you get ready for the second round. So t- there's a lot of moving parts that are going to happen, you know, even between this morning, because I've actually been on the phone with a number of friends of mine that are just friends that are there. There might be pro scouts. They might be calling about certain players. They're just That's just the way this business is. Everybody's in the information gathering business right now. And then you've got to be prepared to have that draft come really, really quick in that second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and seventh rounds. Because man, it is just, you'll see, you'll be watching Danny Mac and you go, "Whoa, who did they pick there?" And then next thing you know, they'll have three more picks after you're figuring out who they picked at number thirty-five, and and so on and so forth. My guest Darren Pang has been with the St. Louis Blues broadcast crew for what fifteen years now. You've seen him on NHL Network fourteen years, TNT. Uh, to the top of his craft, uh, a long way from the 37th floor of the John Hancock building when uh, when we were doing Chet Kopic's show. And what I remember most about working with you and you were one of the first professional athletes I shared studio space with was your coachability. Broadcast guys didn't always have that. You said Wrigley Stadium when I gave you National League baseball scores. And I said, Darren. Wrigley Field and you said thanks for telling athletes are coachable and for you to get to near the top of the craft for us man you've made me proud of you and I know a lot of Blackhawks fans are super excited about your enthusiastic approach and your return and there's some healing that still needs to happen this organization is still suffering a lot of PR bruises Panger yeah and and I guess I like I come in as a even though as a, a former player and a guy that started my broadcast career doing every single thing you could possibly do as you well know from the from the hotline uh hawk talk with darren pang updating that three times a day uh to doing the pregame shows with uh guys like brian davis and yourself and i remember when chet copic uh when when chet came up there in the old chicago stadium and he opened up that briefcase you remember that he's got the big fur coat going on he opens it up and i'm like there's nothing in that briefcase except for some some kind of I don't know some pills or something like that. He pops a couple of pills and then he and then he gets on the air and he says he says and that Patrick Patty Roy with the G A G remember that with the uh, Patty Roy with the G A G and I said Chet what's a G A G and he goes goals against. Uh... <laughs> Oh God, is your memory good? That's he he did that. He had me write for write questions for guests he didn't really know much about. And we had Terry Crisp on when the Flames are en route to winning the cup that year. 
and I wrote a few questions, and one of them was, how do you not vote for Patrick Waugh for the most valuable player, and how do you keep the hardware away from the kid who tends the cage for the monsters of Mount Rock? And he says to Terry Crisp, how do you keep your vote away from Patty Waugh? And I turned white. And and Crisp, to his credit, didn't barbecue him for it. It was a long pause, and then he answered the question. Well, those are some fun times. And I, the other part I remember is being down there at the, uh, you know, in the bowels of the stadium on on BBM one of the first times, and uh, the two bald guys, as Brian Davis and I would say, and and Brian Davis started one show. He put his microphone in, on the toilet because that was our little studio. We had the toilet there, and uh, and and well. While he started the show, he put his microphone down there. He flushed the toilet. And he says, well, that about sums up that game right there. <laughs> it is a television broadcast booth that is steeped in history with Foley and Talon, Foley and Olchek on the radio side over the years, going back to when I used to go to sleep with a little transistor piece and Lloyd Pettit in my ear. And Panger, you're a part of that now. I, uh, you better tell Blackhawks fans that means something awfully deep in your heart, and you've lost that blue note. Well, Danny Mac, you know, you know that being a broadcaster is is uh, much to the chagrin of fans. Is it's it's a big responsibility, as you know. Like it's not just you know when I went from from um, basically, I'll just kind of re- recap it quickly. But you know when I w- left ESPN because they lost the rights. I went to the Arizona Coyotes that I never played for, and Wayne Gretzky and Mike Barnett asked me to go there. And when you go to to a new place, your responsibility is to, for me, it was really Wayne Gretzky, and and then you know be that ambassador to the city and try to sell the game of hockey. And then they went into bankruptcy. I end up going to St. Louis of all places. And I told John Davidson at the time, I said, JD, I I really I can't be the broadcaster of the St. Louis Blues. And he said, Why not? I said. The, well, the Blues and the Hawks, they hate each other more than any other probably city. And going back to the Norris Division, when we played, I said, Blues fans will never, you know, they'll never take me on. It just won't happen. And he said, don't kid yourself, Panger, you weren't that good anyway. So he said, let's give it a try. And he says, sell them on your, basically, sell them on being a broadcaster. You've been national TV for 20 years. It's not just about who you play for. If it doesn't work, don't worry about it. And that's kind of the way we played it on a bit of a leap of faith there. And now, 14 years later, I would have never thought, Danny Mac, that I would have a chance, honestly, to finish my career, or if, if, I, if this is called finishing your career, but to, to be back in Chicago, because many people know that I played there, but it was such a brief career. My broadcasting career has just gone for such a long period of time, longer than I ever thought it would. And I'd never even been in the chair of, of the Chicago Blackhawks, as you know. Like, I'd never sat where... Dale Talon sat. I never sat where Eddie Olchek sat or Troy Murray um, or Billy Gardner or anybody else that's been there. So, I mean, this is an incredibly exciting time for me to to be there. And I know how good the broadcasts have been. I know that it's been legendary. And Lloyd Pettit, you know, he owned my first pro team. I was with the Milwaukee Admirals when he when he married the Bradley uh, family. Uh, and, and so I got to meet him several times. And I heard about how great he was but I, I never really did listen to him growing up so I mean to be there is a, is a great honor and to have a phone call from Danny Wirtz and Rocky Wirtz and you know and then pass that along to Jamie Faulkner and Trevor Bray and then talk to guys like Troy Murray that I respect so much and I did talk to Eddie Olchuk as well and Pat Foley gave me a call so um, you know it's much more than being a broadcaster in another city it's coming back and 
and, and making sure it's the right thing to do. And, 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 uh, and so I feel great about it. So make no mistake though, Danny Mac. I mean, I had, you know, leaving St. Louis was no easy task as you know, you know, I mean, I've got two granddaughters that live right there. Um, I was lucky enough to be there part of a broadcast with John Kelly, you know, the great Dan Kelly, uh, that group was a special group on and off the ice. And so it, it really decisions are hard decisions. And, but when you make them, you, you make the decisions. And now I'm just so fired up to get to Chicago. I'll be there for the draft party tomorrow. Um, get to see some people that I haven't seen in a long time and including Larms and savvy and, and, uh, and Pat will be there as well. Um, so a really pretty exciting Danny Mac. And, you know, we haven't even been together for, you know, you and I connecting for a long time. So, um, boy, it, it seems like it's, uh, it's, it's been a long time, but it seems like it's gone by rather quick to be quite honest with you. We're, we're getting old quick and that's a scary thing. Banger. It's, it's great to have you back around. Thanks so much. Have a great remainder of your summer and I'll see you at the rink around Labor Day. I hope that sounds great. Danny Mac. Look forward to it. Me too. That's Darren Pang joining us on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings, we drop. And then again, later in the week on Thursday, I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. It is an exciting time to be a Blackhawks fan. And Connor Bedard scored 143 points last year for the Regina Pats, who I erroneously referred to in podcasts a month or so ago as the Regina Rats. I should know my Regina. Um, they are the Pats and Kyle Calder was not a first round pick of the Blackhawks. He was a fifth round pick out of Regina, also a Regina Pat. And, uh, it wasn't Tyler Arneson who was the other guy. It was Jeff Shantz, another Regina Pat. He'd spent time in Regina as well for the Pats. And, uh, he was a second round pick of the Blackhawks. They did not have another first round pick who had spent meaningful time in Regina. That's my hockey talk for today. I have some baseball for you because I couldn't get through this podcast by hockey alone. The White Sox lost to the Angels of Anaheim last night. Pretty much is a microcosm of the 2023 season. This couldn't have been more perfect. The Sox made Reed Detmer's Look like Roger Clemens. Detmers went seven innings. He, he fanned 10 White Sox hitters. He allowed just one run on two hits. Uh, he walked two batters, but he gives the ball to the bullpen. They're 1-1. The White Sox had taken a one to nothing lead on a Luis Robert Jr. solo shot right out of the gate, and that's been the White Sox this year. It's Robert Jr. or nobody for a long time now. I shouldn't say that. Jake Berger, Berger has struggled a little bit lately, but he did have a bit of a spurt where he was helping out, and that has waned a little bit of late. So Junior gets the uh, the socks on the board with his 22nd home run of the year, but Shote, uh, Shohei Otani answers the bell in the fourth. 
with his league leading, his major league leading 26th home run of the year. That ties the game at one aside. And Mike Trout winds up scoring the game-winning run in the bottom of the ninth on a wild pitch by Aaron Bummer. Trout had gone 0 for 3 and had struck out all three times. Aaron Bummer throws a wild pitch. This was after a double steal. Trout and Otani pulled off a double steal to put themselves in second and third, and Bummer is wild. Come on, wild thing. And the White Sox lose again. The White Sox are a dozen games below the 500 mark. Do you need any more evidence? This thing needs to be blown up. I didn't need it a month ago. This is this is playing out exactly as I expected it to. And I hate, you know how I hate to be one of those, I told you so, guys. Gonk, anvil sound effect. But with, with the season long, I should say since the 10 or 12 game mark, Johan Moncada has done dick for this team. He's done nothing. And he's not available. Shocker. Baby Huey, Eloy Jimenez, has hit some big bombs, but he's been unreliable. He's hurt often again, and the pitching has has been too much of a mixed bag. You need to really, there, there is nobody other than Robert Jr. who is not on the market for me. The Cubs were off. Monday, they will begin play against Philadelphia tonight after splitting a deuce in uh, in London against the Cardinals over the weekend. I did not catch any of the Cubs and the Cardinals. I listened to some of it on the radio. Uh, very clean feed in this day of technology. There was an era, people might find this hard to believe if you're 40 years old or younger, when those international broadcasts were horrible, when there was an analog delay it was just it was just a terrible signals going in and out that's the problem of analog digital you just lose it analog you're you're on you're off you're on it's just it's a different era i'm sure it was a clean broadcast the cubs uh, the cubs got on top early uh on sunday looking like they were going to cruise and then uh, and then all hell broke loose from what i read on social media the Cubs, just two games below 500 right now. The Cubs are very much alive in this National League Central. That That's funny to me. The Cubs, just two games below 500 with no expectations coming into the season. Nobody thought, other than Marcus Stroman and Dansby Swanson, this team would be worth a damn. Nobody. I don't even know if they thought they were going to be a good baseball team, but they have been that more often than not 37 and 39. They're just three games behind the Brewers. Of course, the Brewers are only four games above the 500 mark. It's a crummy division like the White Sox division is, but the difference I think is considerable between the White Sox and Cubs rosters. As you approach a time to consider trades, and whether you reload for the future or whether you go for it this year, the valuable experience, young players, players who are going to be a part of your team for another four or five years. And that's longer than people think. What's four or five years? It's a long time. 
It's a lifetime in baseball, almost. Dansby Swanson is going to be here for that. There are other play. Nico Horner is going to be here. Ian Happ has miles left on the odometer. Core players. Now, in the case of Stroman, he's 32, but he has had support. And Kyle Hendricks in six or seven starts. Since I mocked his, I didn't mock his return so much as I mocked media coverage of Hendricks and where fans place him. It's easy to overlove guys who helped you win a championship. I mean, I'll return it to hockey by noting what Blackhawks fans say about Brent Seabrook, number seven, who did come up with some huge goals in his Blackhawks career. Uh, he had the game winner in the second round series victory in game seven in overtime against Detroit. When it looked like the Hawks were going to go down in round two, that was the 2013 season. That was when they won the President's Trophy, and they were on the ropes, down three games to one against the Blues, and they came back, tied the series, Seabrook won it. But Brent Seabrook is not a player for whom you retire a jersey number. He's not. Now, if you wanted to go duel, which I think is a – is is a cheap way out. I think I think dual jersey retirements are to me they're tainted. If I were a part of a dual jersey retirement, I would say thank you very little. Uh, you got to then they're they they only have one. They have Pierre Pilat and Keith Magnuson. Magnuson as much for being an ambassador of the Hawks. He later was their head coach. Um, was not special as a player by any stretch of the imagination and wasn't a good coach either. If you wanted to retire Palat's number three, you should have just done that and leave the sentiment aside. Although being an ambassador, that does go a long way in terms of your Jersey retirement. It's different. It's different. <laughs> Excuse me from hall of fame enshrinement. They are two different topics, but you don't hang Seabrook's seven to the rafters of the United center. And you don't overlove Kyle Hendricks and consider retiring his jersey number. He's been a solid third, a real good fourth. And that's been it. How'd the Cubs win the World Series? Arietta and Lester, one and two. Kyle Hendricks was the base player. I want to thank Adam Delavitt, uh, who is Baby Capone at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, and Sam Michael, my executive producer. Also, Blackhawks broadcaster Darren Pang. He will be ice level for Hawks telecast during the 23 and 24 season and hopefully a long time to come. I'll be back later in the week after we hear from the Messiah, after Hosanna, Hazanna, not Connor McDavid, uh, Connor Bedard, after he has spoken, be nice if you were as good as McDavid, wouldn't it? We will uh, we will be back next. Have a great next couple of days. I'm Dan McNeil. Thank you for listening today. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.